0: This is the Speaker for the Living podcast. Exploring the depths of human trafficking, forced labor, and all things related. Hello, everyone. My name is Seth Dare. I'm here with JJ Genflown, and this is the Chloe Ailing edition of (laughs) Speaker for the Living.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: And I am in Chicago right now. Because I am on a trip. And JJ, you're not in Chicago.
1: No, I am I am still in Denver because my life is a monotonous misery of work and studying. Um but I'm very excited about today's podcast, everybody. I think this is gonna be a good one. I have a good feeling about this one.
0: So what do we know about the Chloe Ailing story?
1: Well, well, first of all, I have to admit this is uh this is a bit of plagiarism from another podcaster, Z Dog, uh, MD. I quite like him if you like uh he did a recent podcast on sort of um the spread of opioid addiction and things like that. And it was very interesting for a non-medical person to to hear sort of a medical person's take on it. Uh but they, they do a thing that's kind of like a hot take through the news, sort of initial responses, and I thought that would be fun to do or just interesting for people to do with the Chloe Ailing story, uh, particularly because it's everywhere right now. So, what we know about Chloe Ailing is well, it's interesting to me because it's we don't know a heck of a lot. The basic story is that we have a British model, female. Her name is Chloe Ailing, who traveled. I, I want to say about a week, two weeks ago now. Traveled to Milan, Italy for a photo shoot, and then claims that instead of going and participating in the photo shoot, she was kidnapped by a group of men, drugged, and hidden in a suitcase. The idea being that she would then be sold online to the highest bidder in what looks like sort of an underground sex auction. Other news reports, so we're going to link you guys to all those other news reports, say that specifically she was to be sold online to the highest bidder in the Middle East. It was a Middle East-focused auction on on the dark web. And that also that this also might have been just an attempt for ransom, that she actually wasn't placed for sale on the internet, but instead her agent from her modeling agency was told that if they didn't pay $300,000, I don't know if that's three hundred thousand dollars USD or, um, in uh, euros or whatnot. Um, but just that if that three hundred thousand dollars wasn't paid, that then she would be sold in an online auction. But certainly, on on the surface, at first glance, when I look at this, this seems like a very sort of stereotypical story about sex trafficking that the media would like that the public would like it's a very taken esque story and that you have a white english speaking woman who is not involved in the sex industry at all instead she is going for what we call like a like a non-illicit job she's going to have Photographs taken and instead is immediately captured to be sold on the dark web for sex. And that's very, yeah, that's sort of, I guess, like the taken narrative we get. And I must be honest with all of you, not to be unfair to this young woman, if if this story ends up to to be true. Because we're going to talk about how people have claimed it's a hoax in a moment. My first inclination was to go, this isn't true because this isn't how this typically happens. I don't know, Seth, what do you think?
0: About which part?
1: All of the above. I think kind of So what what Z MD calls the elephant is sort of like your immediate response to it, whether it's rational or not, your immediate emotional response. My immediate emotional response was and this is gonna make me sound really cruel, it was like a uh like this isn't how this works, this is probably a hoax. Or if it's not a hoax directly, it's a, this was a crime committed by one individual who's trying to make it seem like he's involved in a larger criminal enterprise than he actually is.
0: I mean, my first reaction is a little bit of humility because we we do know that the Taken narrative ...is the exception. Yeah. The idea of finding somebody who is a, a middle-class young adult and taking them and drugging them and auctioning them off, which uh-huh. is the taken take narrative. The very reason the taken narrative isn't at that common is because if you go and you take a middle or upper-class young adult... Then their father, who might have contacts or some very special skills, might hunt you down. I mean, there, there's actually a green truth yeah. to that that if you take versus if you take somebody who doesn't have connections or is poor or you or from another country, their resources are a lot less. Uh-huh. And in this case, taking somebody who had at least a little bit of fame. I mean, on a small scale, it looks like. But even having some Instagram accounts and and so on, there's going to be more noticed if she's gone than if she had no popular social media account. So then, you know, you look into it, and uh, it's one of those where this is alleged the police are taking it seriously, and you have to trust the police to do their jobs, to see what they come up with as to whether they think this happened or whether, well, or I should say what part of it happened because it it looks like the kidnapper and her were together. Uh Uh-huh. So, and there were pictures taken, so it's a matter of was this staged to some degree? Uh Uh-huh. And uh, it also does look like her kidnapper does have a record and some ties to some criminal organizations. From what it looks like,
1: yeah, the I think that there's kind of stu- two stories happening here. There's the first story with is, which is kind of relevant to this podcast of is this human trafficking? Was this a human trafficking plot or a kidnapping with an intent to sell a human being that went awry? Or Was this the story of this man who's been listed, whose name I do apologize. I'm going to say wrong. uh, Lucas Poway Herbia, a Polish citizen who did have British residency, who was arrested for the alleged kidnapping. Is this an instance where he committed a crime and kind of made up this fantastical story and she may or may not be involved? I think there's kind of two things happening here. Looking at some of the reports and honestly, I I have to give it up to BuzzFeed because they have some of the most comprehensive reporting I've seen on this. She says that uh, BuzzFeed says that initially, uh, Ms. Ailing reports that when she arrived in Milan for this photo shoot, that a person wearing black gloves came up from behind and put one hand on my neck and the other on my mouth while a second person wearing a black baklava injected me in my right arm. I think I lost consciousness, she added. When I woke up, I was wearing a pink bodysuit and the socks I'm in now. I realized I was in the boot of a car, with my wrists and ankles tied and my mouth taped. I was inside a bag with only a small hole that allowed me to breathe. Now, this part of the story actually is not fantastical to me in in terms of the human trafficking narrative. Traffickers will often lure victims to a new country or to an area or to a situation under the guise of a money-making prospect. We've talked about that a lot. So her traveling to Milan for a photo shoot when she is actually a model is really no different than say a nurse from Nairobi traveling say to Denver Colorado to work in a hospital only to when she arrives discover that in fact she's going to be a home health aide that's unpaid or a young woman from the countryside saying that she's going to be a waitress only to discover that she's being forced into a bar girl. I feel like Seth, you and I have seen this quite a lot for men and women, just the false job scheme. So that's, that's not new. The fact that she was lured out of country, Um, particularly the idea of you're taking an English speaking person, which we have talked about how, how speaking English or being white, having those sorts of elements of privilege do set you up to be a little bit more protected, but I could see, you know, you're bringing a model, Out of England, where she's comfortable, into Milan, where maybe there won't be a lot of people necessarily who speak English, particularly like if she's in this suburban outside area, you know. Um, And then that there was this element of she was then drugged and bound. As we talked about in our podcast that deals with drugs, that's certainly something that does and can happen. Same with trafficking victims being transported in sort of horrendous ways. I think probably the example of men and women and children being placed into shipping containers is probably the one that's most used in pop culture, but certainly traffickers are normally more worried about just being able to move people freely, not about their comfort. So this part of the story doesn't seem unrealistic to me. I think maybe if we like chop it up into elements, When she says that she screamed so much that her kidnappers had to stop the car several times and try to silence her. And then when she arrived at the house in the countryside they were holding her at, that she had her hands and feet tied to a chest of drawers. That, to me, again, fits within some certain standard trafficking narratives. But then to go with what... Sort of, you've mentioned, you mentioned Seth, is this idea that now, because photo and video has emerged of her leaving this home in rural Italy, no longer being tied, but being taken out uh, to do grocery shopping, and it appears to do shopping for shoes during the period when she was supposedly being held hostage. A lot of people in the media or reporting are saying that that's proof that she wasn't trafficked or that's proof that she actually wasn't in any danger because she participated in sort of these domestic scenes with at least one of the men who's one of her alleged captors or alleged alleged traffickers. Again, I believe this part of the narrative when she says that she was forced to go along with them. And that she was participating in this like shopping trip because she thought that she had to please the people she was with. We hear this story so many times from trafficking victims of I'm going to do things that I think will make my trafficker happier. I'm going to participate in these sort of sweet little domestic scenes to make them happy. What are your sort of thoughts on that?
0: I think the basics of it, there, there's a lot of it that's plausible. And there's also the... The pair that they had breakfast at a restaurant before her release. Mm -hmm. But that's totally plausible and realistic and normal for a trafficking situation. Yeah. If her story, the story as alleged. Mm -hmm. So this is where JJ and I look at the legal criteria. Yeah. And the legal criteria for the Trafficking Victims Protection Act for sex trafficking is very specific in that it is the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, or obtaining. So let's stop there. Uh huh. So here we have obtaining and transportation. So that's and and possibly recruitment. You have to have all the all these criteria, so that's that's one where you could say, okay, well, they at the very least obtained uh-huh. for the purpose of a com- commercial sex, which the the end game here was commercial sex. Sorry, game. the The end result of this was to be commercial sex, and it's induced by force, fraud, or coercion. Well, if the shoot was fake that would make that fraud and there was force involved in the situation. So so based on what we know, uh-huh. it looks like sex trafficking.
1: Yeah. And and in fact, actually one of the articles, um, one of the pieces from BuzzFeed's reporting does actually say that actually months before any of this happened, she'd actually met the gentleman from Poland, but also too, what kind of fits the typical trafficking narrative is Herba, who is the Polish gentleman who's been arrested in connection with this alleged kidnapping, alleged human trafficking. Herba reported that he had actually met Ailing months before any of this happened in Paris. And that they had done either – reports vary. Either they had done a photo shoot or they were supposed to do a photo shoot and it hadn't come together or there was something wrong with his photography equipment. But that they were supposed to have some sort of meeting and said they just met up and had sort of a casual talk. And that's how he knew who she was. We've seen this with actually human trafficking victims, particularly in sex trafficking, where they've kind of been scouted out ahead of time. They have some familiarity with their trafficker, so they have some sort of feeling of – you know, they feel comfortable with the individual. It's not a stranger they're going to go see in Milan. It's someone they've met before. And that, if we're going to do the force, fraud, and coercion model, kind of does fall into the fraud category of, well, you think you're getting one thing when in fact you're very clearly getting another.
0: Now, in terms of questioning the story, there's a number of articles that do that, including The Sun. Mm-hmm. My biggest question is if they had spent. If this was a long game where there were months involved in the plan, probably not daily, but if this is something that was long, and then it was, oh, we didn't know you had a child, and that's against our rules, so we're going to look at finding a way to offload you, or or you know, one of the other things that she said was that she had promised to sleep with him uh-huh. if she was set free. That whole part is the part that makes no sense to me. I, I will say though, criminals are not all masterminds. I mean, if you just look at the Darwin Awards, for <laughs> criminals, you know the, the the creative ways that people end up killing themselves. Like, so you know, not all of not all of these organizations are Spectre or these organizations that are so well strategize that they're not going to make mistakes or they're not going to do something weird. So, just because there are incongruities doesn't mean it didn't happen. But, just what we've seen and read about, like, people who do trafficking. Uh-huh. Like, if you're willing to do human trafficking, if you're willing to do sex trafficking, where they often break their victims, where they have multiple stages of you know, abuse and addiction and using people up and then kicking them to the curb of people that die while they're being in a trafficking situation i i would find it kind of shocking that they're so sentimental especially for something that they've been planning for multiple months that they and they somehow missed that this person that they have been checking into who has an Instagram feed and don't know that she has a child.
1: See, it's actually for me, it's the complete opposite. It has nothing to do with her having a child is why, is why I have some issues with the credibility of it.
0: What's more that part of it is that's part of the narrative. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't recognize that she had a child.
1: Well, unless and that, and that
0: they would then change their mind or, or feel less good about it.
1: Unless their only main concern was we need a pretty girl who's blonde and white. And this is about as far as the thought process goes because they knew a guy who said that they knew a girl who could fit it in.
0: Which goes back to my first point. Not all of them are criminal masterminds.
1: That's, yeah. So I, But I actually could see them not, not knowing about her personal life. I could see... Also to someone who's maybe a fringe element of this group deciding that well, she's a mother, I'm already not really comfortable with this. This is going to be kind of my intellectual out, shall we say. But what I actually find to be the most sort of fantastical about this story is stuff that's coming out of Herba's mouth about it. So I'm just going to kind of run through some things that he said. Uh, he's he said a number of narratives. One, that he was working for a group of Romanians who, if you're not familiar with Romanians, often get cast as sort of the boogeyman of Europe. <laughs> They're kind of the go-to for that's the scary foreigner. So that Romanians had given him money to kidnap Ailing, that they had given him money to rent properties around Europe, Almost sixty five, um, six hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. That they asked him to find other women, and that he initially participated in this because he needed money to pay for his treatment for leukemia. None of that has been able to be confirmed. Police say that they have no evidence that he actually has cancer. They have no evidence that he had this money. Uh, so far, they're not reporting on any evidence that they had that there were Romanians involved. Um, but he says that he didn't participate in the initial kidnapping, but because he'd initially been hired to be part of this recognized her when he saw her pictures on the online auction and that somehow he found the property. The Romanians had abandoned the property. And then after a few days of captivity, he untied ailing's handcuffs. They slept in the same bed, but they did not. he didn't assault her. They did not engage in sex. And that ailing says that she did not leave because, quote unquote, black death members were watching her, which takes me to this sort of, as you pointed out, Seth, this idea of like this criminal mastermind or this criminal organization. The black death organization is an actual group of people on the dark web, And there have been reports that this group allegedly sells kidnapped women as sex slaves in online auctions. This They first kind of rose, I think, to sort of media prominence in 2016 when they were investigated because reports were that they were selling a 15-year-old British girl in an online auction. And Europol monitored the group's dark website because they advertised two teenagers for auction, and I'm quoting directly from a Telegraph article here, quote, one of whom was under the age of consent and described as pure. The auction for the 15-year-old, whose name was given as Laura, started at $7,500,000 and was due to take place at the end of May 2016, with the Black Death website warning that it was fully booked. A second auction for a 17-year-old girl born in the UK named only as Gemma had been scheduled to take place just days earlier with a starting bid of... The age, hair color, and measurements of both teenagers were posted alongside their auction adverts. It is unknown whether these auctions went ahead. Now, on on to this for sort of the selling of, of women, you know, or men or children on the dark web. I don't doubt that this does happen. I think at this part... Seth, like of our lives, you and I have seen enough terrible things or, or heard enough terrible things that I it wouldn't surprise me if there were groups on the dark web, especially that engage in the open buying and selling of women online. Um, the Sun calls them a sinister sex slave syndicate. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but I certainly have no doubt that this is a group of people That there is a group of people, or at the very least, there's a group of people online pretending that they're engaged in, in this sort of sale. I know that there's a lot of things on the dark web that are horrifying. There's a lot of things on the internet, period, that are horrifying that wouldn't shock me if you were to tell me later on that they were true. However, I find it interesting that a site that was investigated by Europol and Interpol in 2016, and yet no proof or evidence whether or not this actual selling took place or not could be found would somehow hire someone who appears to be as bad at this as um, Herba. And that Herba's Herba's given reason for why he dropped off ailing at the British consulate was that this organization doesn't deal in mothers. I find that very hard to believe, that if this is true, that this organization is present, um, this organization that can be only accessed via Tor, via the dark web, that if it's participating in this, that the fact that someone is a mother would be the only reason why they wouldn't participate in selling someone
0: well and they supposedly sent a letter
1: (laughs) (laughs) see this is what I mean it's not necessarily her narrative it's the narrative of the people who were her alleged human traffickers that I'm having a hard time believing wholeheartedly and maybe that makes me a bad person for being skeptical you know we've talked on here about how we always have to believe victims but there's something about this that just has a weird ring to it. And maybe it's just that we're not getting the full reports yet. But, yeah, do you want to talk about that well, letter?
0: I, I will. I, I want to mention what the prosecutor said first. He said of Mr. Erba. Is it Erba? Mm-hmm. Erba. The prosecutor said, we can say the accused, Mr. Erba, we can say the accused was about to create an auction online. We have evidence he had contact with people who have kidnapped women in the past. Now that doesn't mean he was involved in human trafficking, but they've said that much. So this letter, and I have the complete text, so I'll just go ahead and read. You are being released as a huge generosity from Black Death Group. Your release does, however, come with a warning, and you should read this letter very carefully. You are certainly aware of your value on human slavery market and must make a note of that this isn't personal, this is business. For your release, we have taken a number of factors into consideration. A mistake was made by capturing you, especially considering you are a young mother that should have in no circumstances be lured into kidnapping. Second important factor you are very well aware of is your overall protection by one of our main and very well-respected men who made a very clear and solid stance in your case. You will... Upon your landing in your home country, cease any investigation activities related to your kidnapping. You also agreed to sneak a predetermined set of information into the media, and we will expect to see evidence that has been done in the near future. You and your family will in no way ever talk about us in bad language and without respect. You have been treated fairly with respect, and we expect to hear exactly the same about us in return. You can release any information you have heard from MO while you're holding as he would never give you any information that could harm our activities. We will not tolerate lying about anything that has happened. You've also agreed to pay outstanding cost of your release of 50000 We expect the money to be paid in bitcoins within one month. Any sort of disobedience with the above will result in your elimination. The fact that they would actually provide a letter is surprising to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, normally just just from our experience, from what we've heard about groups or sort of syndicates or as we talk about when we when you and I have talked about sort of um like our cartels or gangs that are involved in human trafficking, groups generally don't like to announce that they're involved in the buying and selling of people. It's kind of like announcing yourself as hi, we we really want sort of the international hammer of justice to fall on us.
0: Well, and freeing her and expecting to be paid later, but then threatening and then one, wondering if you've crossed the line. Like, has she said too much? I mean, there's already It seems like there's a police investigation anyway. I don't know, but I, I certainly wouldn't feel... Like I had to listen. Mm-hmm. If I if I were her to what they said in the letter. I will say like they said yeah. Urba was linked to Black Death. But like linking within human trafficking, and this isn't so much a critique as just there are multiple people that or, or organizations that can be involved in trafficking one person. Mm-hmm. And so it would be entirely possible for somebody like Irba to be a lone person doing his own business and then be, have some sort of business relationship with Black Death or another criminal organization that eventually went to Black Death. And that's common for there to be more than one person. And, th- and there's been instances where the initial person who is doing the contact may not see themselves as as awful a person because maybe they're just a recruiter. Maybe mm-hmm. They never do the beatings. Uh, maybe they never do anything bad. They just pass the person on and leave them feeling betrayed. We've heard this narrative multiple times. There's more than one movie. Is it possible somebody like Erba, even though he's done kidnapping, that... He is a more sympathetic person than the formal Black Death organization. Yeah, that, that's totally plausible based on what we've seen of how trafficking takes place.
1: Yeah, I so there's a part of me that wonders if this is if she was kidnapped by her Herba, who is maybe not well <laughs> and is the one who ultimately returned her to the embassy and believes very much or or made her believe that this is what's really happening. When in fact, maybe he's not involved with this organization or this organization isn't truly a a trafficking organization. I in particular um, from vice.com, there wasn't a report published on the 27th of 2015 um about a vice reporter who went to this Black Death site on the dark web and attempted to set up the buying of a woman that they had publicized. Ultimately it was determined that those photos were faked. They were taken from a pornography film and even with him posing as a potential customer, they weren't interested in interacting with him even when they offered him a even when the reporter offered them a fair amount of Bitcoin to try and get attention. When speaking to a tactical advisor from the National Crime Agency's UK Human Trafficking Center, the vice reporter remarked that this tactical agent said that it was quite interesting that the website advertises where these women were kidnapped and where they are based. Quoting in particular, the site claimed that the American victims were abducted in Paris. I would think there would be a lot of high profile media around the disappearance of American citizens in Europe which is what you, you had mentioned earlier, Seth, the sort of like, how do you not realize that someone who is, who is mildly famous or at the very least is quite popular on Instagram that no one would miss her, you know? Um, So I, I can see that this is, this is the work of one man who has made up the story and she's bought into it because obviously she's in a terrifying situation. She's been kidnapped. Maybe this is all a publicity stunt or something. I just know there's there's enough rings of sort of incredulity around this where there are things that don't quite match up with how human trafficking tends to work. Particularly because the Black Death and one of the things that Herba had in his possession upon arrest was stuff that he claimed was related to the group. So maybe not necessarily related, but he claimed it was related to the group, which was an advertisement for an 18 year old. And it included the lines, quote, all of our girls are set for auctions only and being held in Europe. If you wish, we can kidnap a specific target for your needs. The service would be rather expensive, especially for targets outside Europe. The advertisement also stated they had a quote, donor contractor who would check the girls for STDs. Sorry, a doctor contractor who would check the girls for STDs. Girl is only pure if the profile says so. That, to me, is very weird. I've never heard of that being offered within sex trafficking. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. I've, I've certainly heard of men and women being taken off the street and sex trafficked. Yes. I've heard of people being told that they're going to go to a job, and it turns out that they are trafficked, and they are drugged and removed. 100% narrative. I've heard of people who arrive in a foreign country, their passports are taken. They're taken to a remote location as what was happened with her. Uh, They're beaten or they're put in isolation and they're told that they have to be held for a certain amount of time that they owe a certain amount of money and that'll gain them their freedom. They have to behave a certain way. All of that part of the narrative fits this part though, where she's released by this individual who not only releases her with this letter, but has sort of these, claims of what a trafficking organization acts like, which is like nothing I've ever seen a trafficking organization act like that is what to me made my ears perk up and go, Hmm, this is a little strange. What do you think, Seth?
0: I think it's strange and you have to assume with the situation that as JJ said earlier, that she's a victim Mm -hmm. and treat her like a, a victim who had a six day ordeal. That's, not as bad as some, but if she was actually kidnapped and thought she might be sold on a market, I mean, that's really, really, really chilling. So th- there's still trauma that would result. So, and so I can't fault her for going back to work if <laughs> right after. Yeah. Because you don't want to just dwell on being a victim.
1: Well, and also, too, what a lot of times I think these stories don't encounter, too, is that individuals like this, like models and things like that, or freelance contractors, generally, you've got to work. You have to work in order to keep getting money to live and obviously to support a child. Very, very few people who are sort of these independent contractors or freelance have enough. Sort of capital just sitting around where they can afford to not work.
0: It's it's one of those where there's questions, and so I'm going going to say, well, the story seems really strange, mm-hmm. and this isn't what I would expect. But we'll give you the benefit of the doubt, and that's what the police are there mm-hmm. for, to investigate and we just need to trust them to do their jobs because that you know some part of this was true so it's a matter of what extent
1: well and then i think this leads to another sort of conversation too so what what's also going on though is you have to wonder what her story be taken more seriously when people would be more inclined to believe her if say she was a teacher as opposed to a model is there something about the fact that she has a public image that somehow makes people think that this is a cry for attention or a publicity stunt? If she was engaged in an industry that doesn't need publicity, you know, if she were a kindergarten teacher, would we believe her implicitly? And if that's the case, if it's all based on her profession, then are we engaging in sort of victim blaming with, well, you know, she went to model, she engaged in you know, she put pictures of herself naked online. So, or she's someone who, because she's been on Instagram and because she's been in a number of tabloids, she's someone who's looking for fame. And so we can't actually believe her reports of what's happening because she's just looking for that. Whereas maybe if she were a welder who had been, who'd been brought in and captured, it wouldn't be the same. I also have to wonder too, on the same sort of end of victimhood, and how victims are set, maybe because that's an academic interest of mine. But, you know, this happens, you know, the the taking of of men and women happens all the time for, for sex trafficking and labor trafficking. Yet, we don't hear about it daily on the news to the point where every single victim is brought out and presented, right? Even when they are saved. As being, oh, we need to talk about this. And particularly what I'm thinking about is a report from Al Jazeera that was talking about Thai women uh, who are openly kidnapped on the street and forced into marriage in China. And it's it's a Thai minority woman forced into marriage into China and China sort of openly. And we really don't talk about that on a day-to-day basis, which this is the narrative of blank. This is what happened to her. It took sort of it happening to a model who's white, who speaks English, who's quite pretty, who has a nice accent for that to happen. And that's, and that's kind of sad that in order for us to kind of gain, or by us, I mean sort of the world to pay media attention, it takes For the victim to be, you know, the blonde girl next door. And that's and that's upsetting. One, because every victim is... Every victim has, has worth and every victim has a family and no victim deserves this. And so it's just strange to not acknowledge that equally.
0: Yeah, well, and this does get into a borderline... To go back to what you were talking about earlier, where the intent, according to the story, was to sex traffic, but then it ends up being a kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Now, fifty thousand dollars. If the implication from the organization is they could have made more than fifty thousand, I forget if it was pounds or dollars, but if they could have made more, made more than fifty thousand on a on a market, I would find that kind of hard to believe. Yeah. Because the nature of human trafficking nowadays is that humans are cheap.
1: That's, yeah, that's the question everybody always asks me when they find out I do this. The questions literally go, so what is it? Is that a real thing? Have I seen taken? What am I going to do with that? <laughs> and then the final, the number fifth question is, so how much would I sell for? People are very into how much money they're they're worth. They want to be quantified. And when I tell them not much at all... I think people get a little insulted, but that's the nature of how it is now. When people are, as Kevin Bale said, disposable, you don't spend a lot of money on them. Because you can always just buy another one. There's always another one waiting. So to have these insanely high prices, you know, a hundred thousand dollars very, very rare. Very rare.
0: But when I read articles, and I've done this on other trafficking articles like the one in North Korea where people were looking at the mirror article and they were just saying, oh, this is all fake. Look at this and look at this. And and it's one thing to look at criteria Mm -hmm. and say, I'm suspicious. And so in this case, to look at these things and say, you know, those don't add up. But I'm amazed at the certainty that people have that they could say, Oh yeah, it's obviously fake.
1: Oh yeah. Really? I am, I am perfectly content with an, with acknowledging that I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I am inclined to say, because I think you need again, to believe people, particularly people who are victims, particularly people who are speaking against sex trafficking. I'm inclined to believe you have to believe them. So I, I am inclined to believe that this is not a hoax, just that we have incomplete information that may be making it appear as if it is a hoax. I am fairly certain that there is something going on with Herba, whether that something is that he's involved in something or that he's just not being portrayed in the media correctly, or if he's just perhaps a bad public speaker. I I'm inclined to think that there's something hinky there. I'm inclined to think that there's something a little bit hinky and weirdly performative about this black death group, but I have no idea. I don't know. I'm certain. I'm, I am not certain at all. And I also know enough about sort of investigations to know that we certainly will not know within 48 hours of this happening, everything that the police know.
0: And so that's our uh, hot take on this situation yeah
1: i just that that is that is the thing for me i have to agree that people who who don't know anything about human trafficking or who have never worked with this field or never sort of paid attention to it suddenly can say like definitively like that's not how that works it's like it it can be actually how that works it's just it's so rare and this has been sort of interesting to see how how the media reports on human trafficking As well, you know, why, why is it that it's talked about in a particular way? And, you know, would, would it be getting this level of attention if she had been being sold to be like an au pair in the Middle East, as opposed to possibly a sex trafficking, you know, a sex slave in the Middle East?
0: Right. And while there are sex trafficking rings, there are also just individuals who decide they're going to traffic people there's restaurant owners that's true that they're going to like the the profile of a trafficker as we've seen presentations is really anyone
1: yeah well that's that's what i mean when i say something hinky about herba mm-hmm. i i would not be shocked if it turned out that this was not that this whole Black Death organization maybe is a red herring. I would also not be surprised to find out that he's a member of this organization or was attempting to work with this organization that is a major human trafficker. I don't know. But from, just from what I'm reading, from what has been present, and from what you and I have cited, I'm inclined to believe that he is perhaps the main involved individual. And so far, is the only one arrested. Which, again, could be why, you know, if the media is not reporting on it, if they have arrests pending, that might be why.
0: Right. Uh, As I've been doing more research on investigations, because I I also research extremism Mm -hmm. of all types, that there are things that you just don't know in an active investigation because the police or FBI are just not going to tell you.
1: Yeah. Oh, the number, so having having a lot of family members in law enforcement, the number of times I've read something in my local paper and called my father, who's a retired police officer and now works as a private investigator, the number of times I've called him and been like, so do, does this mean this or this? And he's like, well, actually, what it probably means is that they can't tell you because blank. And even that's just conjecture on his end. He doesn't know, but I think we have this perception based on maybe law and order and things like that, that we're immediately going to know everything the police know. And that's not the case. At all.
0: Well, and all the more where you're talking about a potential criminal network. Yeah. This investigation could go on for a long time if they're trying to or if they decide to investigate the Black Death. Yeah. Which... uh, if you have any information on them,
1: feel oh, free to uh, yeah. email us. I, I would love to talk about them, if only because I love plague doctors as an aesthetic choice, and I'm really mad they took that from me. <laughs> but I'm bummed. No one? No one? No one likes a good plague doctor joke? All right, cool. But anyway, no, like, it's a thing. Um, I am, yeah, I'm a little... I would love to know more about that or about other organizations sort of on the dark web, but I will say that I do feel like in human trafficking the dark web or or tour gets trotted out kind of as this boogeyman. So like, we need to be, be worried that there are these things happening on the internet that no one knows about, but it's very clear that law enforcement is the best of its ability. Keeping an eye on, on these sorts of things.
0: Right. And a lot of it doesn't occur on tour. There's plenty that can happen on private forums, which are technically the deep web because they're private. But then, you know, Backpage and other sites where they have advertisements that don't happen for a long time, that are very ephemeral, which can be open access. So, all of the web, yeah, has traffic can facilitate trafficking?
1: Well, all of human interaction, I think, as you pointed out, with traffickers can be anyone. They can be a local business owner. Mm-hmm. They can be people within your own family. They can, as we see, sometimes trafficking happens within relationships. You know, so it's it's not that it has to be sort of this cloak and dagger Game of Thrones-level conspiracy. Sometimes it, it can be quite straightforward. Sometimes, though, it can be exceptionally complex and layered. And so I think that the main takeaway that we have here with the Chloe Ailing story is that we don't have the full story yet. And for the media, for the most part, to be coming out and saying this is a hoax, this isn't true, this couldn't possibly happen, I think does do a disservice to victims who do have stories that match hers and possibly her herself.
0: And deep down, if somebody says this happened to them, we, we'd we rather it be true because it hurts human trafficking when people tell stories that aren't true.
1: Yeah, isn't that terrible? That we would almost rather something actually terrible did happen to someone, but they're okay now, than like, that it's made up?
0: Well, being that it's what they said happened.
1: Yeah, true, true. Yeah, we would rather have it be a legitimate story than... I'm making up this for attention and using human trafficking somehow for, for for my own gain. That that would be exceptionally sad.
0: And of course, there are, are people who have done that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I, maybe that's the other thing too. Is that from being in the human trafficking field, we do know about the fakes. I mean, obviously, the truth far. Like, the, the narratives that people have that they actually went through far outweigh and outnumber the fake stories we have. But the fakes are the ones that tend to get the most attention, I think. But that's also the same, too, when you're talking about anything sort of in the human rights campaign. It's always the stories that end up not being true or being exaggerated that people remember because they're so – well, it, it hurts your heart a little bit, you know, You that someone is using this to their own gain.
0: Right. And all the more if they've started an NGO and have done fundraising.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, to financially benefit is particularly – yeah, to particularly adjust. That's That's gross. To profit off of human trafficking. But we would love – I would love to hear what all of you guys have to say out there in the world about this. If you believe the story, if you don't believe the story, why – what you think about stories like this becoming public, what you think about the, one of the things we didn't really touch on was the fact that apparently the Italian government has seized her passport or had temporarily seized her passport in order to hold her in the country uh, to testify, which is a thing that's legal under Italian law. But you know, is that appropriate for victims? Mm -hmm. Uh, Was it fair for media to report that her passport had been taken and she was being held in Italy? I think which made it seem like she was being investigated and gave sort of credence to this claim that this is a hoax, when in reality, that's actually just procedure <laughs> in Italy. I So that's like a side piece about sort of ethical journalism and reporting. Um, but just in general, you know, what you guys think about this, what you guys think about sort of general narratives about sex trafficking in particular in the media, all that fun stuff, I'd love to hear it. And certainly, I think Seth... I would be interested, probably most of all, though, if anyone out there has had any experiences with either seeing human trafficking on the dark web or knowing of human trafficking on the dark web. In particular, if you have any interactions with, um, or had any interactions rather, with the uh, the Black Death group.
0: Right on the dark web, which uh, which I'll refer to as the deep web, because I want to be technically correct. Oh, true. Strong opinion on that. I have. But I have that's, no. That's just I mean- have
1: no idea what the difference is clearly between the deep web or the dark web. I don't really know what Tor is or how to access it. I thought it was a publishing house for science fiction and fantasy. I am very confused by this.
0: Yeah. Well, DARPA uses the terms interchangeably. So if DARPA can, I can't blame anyone okay. else for using the terms. Differently. I liked, so you, you're covered. I like
1: that. I like that you make excuses for my ignorance. Seth, it's very sweet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yeah, DARPA can use the wrong term.
1: True. But uh,
0: but in uh, media usage, dark web often refers to the deep web, or I should say to, to Tor most specifically. But I, I did some research. I wrote an article while I was at the Human Tra- Trafficking Center on Mimics, which was DARPA's human trafficking analysis mm-hmm. suite, product suite, which I've never seen because you... Have to be in law enforcement or part of DARPA to see it and I admittedly haven't spent time on tour mm-hmm. spent time on a lot of you know I work on the internet so I'm very familiar with the internet but that that's something so if I'm wrong on some what's happening on tour you know, that's why and I'm sure some of you know things that
1: I am changing yeah well and that's I know I know from my work Personally, that I've seen a lot of things that I find very questionable or concerning on sort of open public sites. So I've seen a lot of things on social media, on Craigslist, on Backpage, on, you know, uh, FetLife, on, on certain sort of sites that either are geared toward or have a section on intimate relations or sex. I've seen things that have made me um, be quite concerned that someone is in a trafficking situation. But it's always been on an open access site where I've always had reporting capabilities of I'm afraid for the person in this ad for this particular reason where I could directly contact law enforcement. I'm not as familiar when where it's hidden. And, and that's, again, part of the reason to go back to it. I think why I'm, I'm so curious about this organization that if I found so many things that are just on the open Internet. <laughs> in public, why go to all the effort and the trouble to hide it unless that's sort of part of the mystique of your group? But I would be very interested. So please email us, tweet us, message us, let us know what your thoughts are.
0: So in upcoming weeks, and uh, sometimes it's a bit fluid mm-hmm. since uh, you know JJ and I love doing the podcast. We're very dedicated to it. Uh, as of now, we do not do it for revenue generation. Nope.
1: In fact, again, so, as I pointed out in our anniversary episode, Seth mm-hmm. does everything. So Seth has actually put out quite a fair bit of money for this, for these shenanigans to bring this love to all of y'all. So.
0: And it's a continual evolution. Yeah.
1: We're also looking to do a few more interviews and engage with a few more other voices. So if you've gotten tired of hearing us, this is a perfect time to start listening to the podcast because... Some new perspectives are coming in soon.
0: So with that, uh, be a uh, good consumer of media, be discerning, but be open as well, Mm -hmm. and always care about victims.
1: And be careful out there in general. The world is a very strange, complicated place. You never know. Bye, everyone. Bye. This has been Speaker for the
0: Living. For extended notes and sources, visit our website at speakerfortheliving.com.